0: Hi, this is Alan Clark at the Hollies, and you're listening to Pantheon Podcast.
1: History in five songs. With host Martin Popoff. A production of Pantheon Podcasts.
0: Let's rock out with Martin. Hello once again, Martin Popoff here, back for another episode of History in Five Songs with Martin Popoff, brought to you by the good people at Pantheon Podcast. We are pleased, as always, to be part of this vast and expanding Pantheon Podcast Network, available on Spotify, iTunes, and over 40 other podcast platforms. All right, we are calling this episode, uh, episode 128, we're calling it Metallica or Megadeth, question mark, in 1990. Metallica or Megadeth in 1990. Now, this all came up because I was recently on um, Pete Pardo's uh, Sea of Tranquility, and we were talking about what were we talking about? Problem children, and uh, and one of the ones that would, was brought up by Pete was Dave Mustaine, and we were talking about you know who was bigger, who was better, um, and then I I got thinking. Um, I've always had this thing in my mind that uh, for a brief instance. Um, Megadeth was the bigger band. And this episode is going to prove that Megadeth were never the biggest band, but I've also also had it in my mind um, along the way that, that maybe for a brief instance... Megadeth was the cooler band and I think we're going to uh, more or less prove that as well. Maybe maybe not, uh we'll see. But this is a uh, this is one of these uh these neat analyses uh that I like to do when writing some of these books, especially lately, uh when I go into the Golden Platinum RIAA search and just see when things are certified. I mean, we we tend to um you know, more or less memorize, or us music geeks, I suppose, uh, sometimes uh, for our favorite bands, we tend to memorize, uh, you know, what uh, certification level records sit at. Um, but that's that's over time, and uh, it's always very kind of surprising uh, when things get certified, or, or, at, or it often is. And that's going to be part of what we look at here. So this is a comparison of Metallica and Megadeth, in the year 1990 specifically by the very end of the year 1990 and you'll you'll see why uh, as we move on so let's let's play our first selection here and we shall discuss this is metallica with metal militia All right, so there's Metallica, Metal Militia from the very first album, Kill Em All, came out July 25th, 1983. I wanted to play one of the songs that Dave Mustaine uh, is part of. He is uh, credited officially on The Four Horsemen, Jump in the Fire, Phantom Lord, and Metal Militia. Because this is going to be a comparison of Metallica and Megadeth, just a little bit of the history, of course, Dave Mustaine gets, gets ousted out of uh, Metallica unceremoniously, his uh, his drinking and his edge and his belligerence and just, just his personality. He does have a very A-type abrasive personality, uh, rubs the guys the wrong way. They they decide, look, we, we, we can't go forward with this guy. And they put him on a bus and they send him home and that, that builds up the whole legend of uh you know dave now needs to get his revenge and be uh be an even better meaner cooler more progressive more technical heavier whatever you want to call it uh band and he makes an absolutely great band called megadeth after that but dave is in on those early records or or the early songwriting and he's he's obviously their lead guitarist as well. Uh, I've got a whole episode on this that goes into a little more detail. Episode 43 is called The Birth of Thrash, and it talks about the invention of thrash. And by the way, I've got an episode, uh, episode 15, called Metallica's Productions that go through all the various different, you know, cool ways uh, Metallica could be different uh, in the way they produced over the years. So if you like this topic, 43 and 15 are for you as well. So, um... So yeah, Metallica more or less invents thrash uh, in a profound way. Uh, you know, there are there are vestiges before this, but in a profound way, with Kill 'Em All uh, out on Megaforce uh, the summer of '83, uh, July 27th, 1984, they come out with Ride the Lightning, an absolute masterpiece of thrash and songwriting and production, just a killer, killer album. Um, I, I still remember dropping the needle on that and hearing fight fire with fire for the first time. Um, and then up into a whole year goes by more or less June 12th, 1985, Megadeth comes out with their debut album. Killing is my business and business is good. So there's your timeline, uh, to this point. Um, Metallica is well off, uh, on the races, making two great albums. One of them an absolute masterpiece by this point. All right. Let's move on. Let's play our second track. Take a listen to this. This is Megadeth with Devil's Island. All right. So there's Megadeth from their second album, Peace Sells But Who's Buying. Um, A pretty cool tune on that. Maybe a little bit of a deep track. So uh, now, now they're really making a splash. Killing Is My Business was not very well recorded pretty loose in the playing you know dave dave has not cleaned up his act um you know these guys are are still a, a problem band they're they're you know changing members and all this stuff all through uh the 80s it's a very rocky uh rocky situation which almost more or less proves that the uh, metallica guys were um smart and correct in um in excising this bad influence, uh, from the band, I suppose. Um, so here they are with, uh, with this album and it's well-received. Um, so they're, they're coming out with peace, uh, peace cells and March uh, of 86 master of puppets comes out. Uh, so, so that's out even before peace cells, peace cells comes out September 19th, 86. So we got spring of 86. Metallica is already out with two, drop dead masterpieces and an amazing amazing record as well in *Kill 'Em all so we're just kind of go along the timeline as we go we're going to recap at the end as well um but so so megadeth comes out and all of a sudden megadeth with two albums is now more or less getting as many column inches and as much press and excitement as metallica maybe not quite as much but quite a bit so metallica three albums megadeth two albums um November 4th, 1986, Master of Puppets goes gold. So uh, we're talking, what is this, about eight months later from Master of Puppets coming out, it goes gold. So the first real success between these two bands in the 80s is uh, is Master going gold. So, um, you know, Metallica is a real, real buzz band. It's really cool when an underground band that, that is this heavy. You know, frankly speaking, I guess uh, in November four, you know, on November fourth of nineteen eighty-six, this is this is the heaviest album ever uh, to go gold, right? Uh, I don't think there would be anything uh, before this. Um, so there you go. That is our second track. Let's take a short break. We'll be right back. All right, back again here, episode one hundred and twenty-eight of History and Five Songs with Martin Popoff: Metallica or Megadeth? Question mark in 1990 period Um, take a listen to our third track and we shall discuss this is Metallica with Disposable Heroes All right. So, I wanted to play something from Master of Puppets. Uh we are celebrating this record that in November 4th are on November 4th of 86 has gone gold. It is an absolute classic. Uh when I did the the old One of my very earliest books, uh, the top 500 heavy metal albums of all time. Uh, Master of Puppets won the greatest album of all time. That was from a very extensive poll that we did back in 2003. So now almost 20 years ago now. Um, So obviously everybody loves this album. It's more or less considered the greatest Metallica album. I personally like Ride the Lightning a little bit more, but this is my second uh, very closely. Now to continue on with the timeline uh, celebrating the success of, uh, of Metallica and being a buzz band ride the lightning November 5th, 1987 goes gold. That's pretty amazing. Um, so, so these are kind of, these are the kinds of things I forgot how, how big Metallica actually was in the eighties already, because we always think of, about the black album, which we'll, which we'll get to, uh, later, but, there you go uh that's the one timeline thing i want to mention here so so metallica at this point uh 1987 has two gold records let's move on to our fourth track take a listen to this this is metallica uh yeah once again uh with the frayed ends of sanity Okay, so there you go. We've got a Metallica song from And Justice For All. Now, here's how the timeline works here. January 19th, 1988, Megadeth puts out a third album, So Far So Good, So What? It's not considered quite as good. It's considered a little bit of a stumble after Peace Sells. I would say Peace Cells" is known for having uh, kind of the more exciting uh, bad boy songwriting. Um, but so far so good. Has a better production, uh, situation. But it's also kind of like wet and reverby sounding. So it's professional, but it also annoyed all of us as as kids, as fans, as being a little bit. Um, well, I wasn't a kid at that point, but being a little bit um corporate sounding, um, you know, I, another lineup change, and you know that's starting to bother us a little bit. Uh, but. Um, you know, it does well out in the marketplace. So January 19th. So we start 1988 with that album coming out, uh, by the summer of 88, July 27th, 88 master of puppets goes platinum. So now Metallica has a platinum album, uh, September 7th of 88. So two months later and justice for all comes out, it's the double album. It's got that, that contentious production. Um, but it comes out. And then almost immediately, October 31st, Halloween 1988, so just like a month and a half later, And Justice For All is uh, certified you know, in America, R-A-I-A-A, as gold and platinum simultaneously. So Metallica is is well on their way. They're doing great. They got two platinums and a gold at this point. Um, now, uh, a month later, November 28th, 1988, Peace sells. Megadeth's second album, goes gold. And so that's their first certification. And then May 19th or May 16th of 1989, kill em all gold goes gold. So that's the first certification for kill em all and ride the lightning goes, uh, goes platinum. So they've got, uh, three platinums by this point. Pretty amazing. Uh, this is one of the things I, I more or less forgot. Um, and yeah, by the way, this all kind of came up because when I was reading the comments of the Sea of Tranquility, someone pointed that out saying uh Megadeth was never bigger than uh, than Metallica. And you know, I I always sort of nuance that and and it's mixed with the cooler blah 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 bigger more buzz band. But anyways, this this exercise that we're going through in this episode um is is proving resoundingly kind of uh that that Metallica was definitely much bigger uh, than than Megadeth as we go on. All right. Um Let's move on to our fifth selection here. Take a listen to this. This is Megadeth with Hangar 18. Love that song it's my favorite song in the album you know me i'm 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 for the commercial versions of a lot of these bands well put it this way with megadeth i'm in the commercial of uh, i'm into the commercial version of the band before they get really really commercial um you know that's that's a different thing cryptic writings risk and all that blah 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 um but love this song now this is from rust and peace which is an absolute classic beautiful production the the uh the more or less you know golden period lineup uh, of of the band at this point with, uh, with Nick and Dave and Dave and, uh, and Marty. Right. Um, so, so, uh, and Nick Manza sadly is no longer with us anymore. And Marty Friedman is a big star in Japan. Right. But this was the, the um, you know, the best lineup of Megadeth. So here's how the timeline works here. Um, so, February 16th, 1990, so far so good, uh, so what goes gold. So now these guys, Megadeth, have two gold albums. Uh, September 14th, 1990, so towards the end of the year 1990, Rust in Peace comes out. And that's what our whole exercise is about. And this is where we're slamming the uh, the gate on this exercise. Um, so Rust in Peace comes out at the end of 1990. Uh, well, just to just to go forward a little bit of of why this exercise is happening, uh, January twenty third of ninety one, so just into ninety one, a uh, rust and peace goes gold. So by this point megadeth has three gold albums pretty cool career happening for this uh for this pretty technical high-minded thoughtful thrash band and then of course august uh, 12 1991 metallica metallica the self-titled otherwise known as the black album comes out and then everything absolutely changes big time Meg- uh, metallica gets huge um megadeth still has a great career and they they have a few more years of some good stuff which we'll get to but that's why we're closing the gate here. So time for the recap now. So essentially, uh, what happens here on quality? I've measured this two ways. You know, this this Metallica versus Megadeth in the year nineteen ninety uh, analysis. So on the on the level of quality, uh, Megadeth has one masterpiece in Rust and Peace. And it has a pretty good, well-regarded album. A lot of people love it in Peace Cells. A little bit less so on the So Far So Good and also a little bit less so on the Killing Is My Business. So one masterpiece, one pretty darn beloved album, I would say, for Megadeth. Metallica, on the other hand, has two masterpieces for sure uh, in Ride the Lightning and Master of Puppets, uh, which, you know... Well, I'll get to this in a little bit, but they they are both masterpieces, and then they've got two albums in "And Justice for All" and Kill Em All" that are probably better than the uh, the other three Megadeth albums. I would say pretty much hands down, even "Peace Cells." So I would say, I would say, um, better than "Killing Is My Business." So far, so good, and "Peace Cells" are "And Justice for All" and "Kill 'Em All." Um, now, uh, on quality. We can all argue, well, I, again, I'm going to leave this. I'm going to leave this for, for the very end. Let's move on to sales. Um, So so for sales, at the end of uh, 1990, uh, yeah, because, yeah, yeah, Rust in Peace is gold in 91. That's right. So at the end of 1990, Megadeth has two gold albums in America, R-I-A-A certified. For peace sales and so far, so good. At the end of 1990... Metallica has three platinum albums plus one gold album. So platinum are Ride the Lightning, Master and Justice, and gold is Kill Them All. So on sales, three platinums and one gold absolutely trumps two gold. Um, and then you know even when countdown to extinction comes out black album is blowing up so so big you know the certifications on black album came fast and furious and uh, and management went to the well and and got these certifications that's always sort of key as well because there's a lot of huge albums that went diamond that that there's sort of a lax certification process going on but anyways yeah by the time countdown comes out in 92 for megadeth Uh, Black album was already four times platinum. So there you go. Uh, Sales, it's not even close. And quality, if I'm to be sort of punk rock and cult and thrashy about it, a lot of people would say, you know, and this is often when you hear this, it's tinged with a little jealousy of of Metallica being so massive. But one could almost say for a brief, brief, brief moment there when, you know, people were sort of scratching their head at And Justice For All and there was also the existence of a rust in peace for a brief moment there. People might've said Megadeth was the better band or the cooler band, or at least right now, snapshot in, in 1990, um, Megadeth has the coolest, most recent album put it that way. Um, so there you go. Um, you know, I want to mention this also because, and Pete and I got into this a little bit, but all through the years when, when you know, I would interview Dave Mustaine and anybody would, and and he would make headlines with this, he always seemed to have um, this major chip on his shoulder, thinking back to those days and thinking back to his firing. And now, of course, when, you know, when we're interviewing him in the nineties and the early two thousands and that, uh, Metallica is such a massive, massive band with many, you know, multi-multi-platinum albums and a Diamond album that, that you know, I, I guess the sting is more pronounced. And then there were all those headlines over the years of uh, is Dave and Lars getting along? Uh, are they getting along? Are they not? Have they said some nice things about each other? Have they made some digs at each other? Blah, blah, blah. Um, but, you know, it always just seemed, it always just seemed so... Um, uh, Pointless after a while. And with with Dave, it, it almost seemed like he was focusing too much on the sales success of Metallica and not realizing that, you know, Metallica, when they get into Load and Reload, and especially St. Anger, um, there's a lot of uh, disparaging of Metallica. And you could say that, uh, you know, Megadeth, when they snapped back to their, uh, you know, technical thrash roots again, um, and put out many more albums than uh, than than Metallica would. So Dave's been very prolific as well. Uh, you know, I would always kind of like you know politely remind him that Rust in Peace is an amazing record, and now you're making amazing records. And uh, as time goes on, um, you know, here's 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 the fact of the matter: as time goes on. Uh, after we get to some more certifications, Megadeth winds up with five platinum albums. Like that's pretty darn uh, impressive. Uh, and Countdown goes double platinum. So they had five platinum albums, one of those being a double platinum. It's all those five records in a row there because Countdown goes platinum, Euthanasia goes platinum, and then Cryptic Writings goes gold. So they actually have a gold as well in there as uh, also. So five platinums and a gold. So it's a little bit like when I talk to the Blue Oyster Cult guys and they're cranky about not having their due and being a bigger band. Well, well, you know, you got a lot of, you got a lot of gold and platinum albums. You've done rather well with yourselves. Um, You know, well with them, it's more like gold albums, I suppose, but uh, mostly, um, but you know, for Megadeth to do that well, you know, Dave kind of has to be reminded, I think of how well they've done commercially and how creatively, you know, I think Countdown to Extinction also is a masterpiece. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm maybe a little bit in the minority for calling that a masterpiece, but everybody calls Rust and Peace a masterpiece, and um, I think I think most thrash fans would probably, if they were to mix these two catalogs together, they would rank Master of Puppets one, Rust in Peace two. Um, and then, and then it would be mostly kind of Metallica, I suppose. Peace sales would come up pretty high. But there is an argument to be made that Rust and Peace is a better album than than even Master of Puppets. Um, it certainly has that, that outlaw, bad boy, mystique, cool factor uh, to it and being political and all that. Uh, and that gorgeous production on it. I mean, Metallica's had great productions as well. Um, but there you go. That is the analysis of this. I, I would say that, Maybe for a brief moment in 1990 uh, Megadeth was the cooler band and maybe they had the the cooler most recent album but I would say uh in total Metallica really trumps Megadeth on quality as of 1990 and they certainly trump them on on sales by 1990. I just wanted to mention um where where does the rest of the uh the big 4 land? So Anthrax in 1990 has a gold for Among the Living. And State of Euphoria is also gold. Uh, that's gold by 1989. So by 1990, Anthrax has two gold albums. They would soon have five gold albums. Uh, Among the Living, State of Euphoria, Attack of the Killer Bees. So the compilation Persistence of Time and Sound of White Noise, the first John Bush one. Uh, so they so they would wind up with a pretty pretty neat uh, wall full of uh, of record awards as well with five gold albums. Slayer nothing as of 1990 so they have no certifications uh, as of 1990 but they would soon have four gold albums as people came around to their extreme version of things uh rain and blood south of heaven seasons in the abyss and divine intervention would all go gold so they'd end up with four gold anthrax would end up with five gold so there you go that is uh, a look at uh at all of the big four i guess as of 1990 uh would slayer be the cooler but coolest band as of 1990 maybe um anthrax i don't think people would call them the coolest band but frankly out of all four of these anthrax is the band i listen to the most out of all four of these bands uh uh, lately and i would say i'm more appreciative of what um what Anthrax did in the nineties and the two thousands over and above all three of these other bands. Take that for what it's worth. Um, so there you go. If you like this show and want to support future episodes, please go to Kofi Rhymes with no fee.com slash Martin Popoff. Hit that red support button, buy me a coffee or a pint. Um on that front this week, I would like to thank uh, Joe Becht at Bel Air Expediting. He's always our great Chicago contextualizer of all things metal, uh, Andy at Black Sugar Transmission talented talented uh musician and he always has great uh things to say when we do these contrarians uh, shows marco's been really good at uh the other thing we do our video show uh contrarians and having the uh, patreon guys on for a lot of panels i've missed a few lately i apologize to you guys for that um but yeah i've been away out west um I'm going to go on a couple coming up uh, again, but uh, no, that's been a thriving thing that Marco has been uh, uh, supporting and keeping up for our Patreon people over there at Contrarians. Um, Bruce Campbell, Andrew Clark, take a bow, Andrew, uh, very generous. David Fisher, Jeremy French, Roche Gale, Darren Kasabowski, Jamie Laszlo. Jamie's been involved with these contrarians things as well, done a great job. Man, uh, we, we did a cult one, which was excellent recently. Uh, Dennis Lawson, William Mettinger. Wow, again, very generous. Uh, I got a note from, from William and, and I've done this as well, but, but what he said is that, you know, he was doing this because he went and binged a whole pile of episodes at once. And I, I've done that with podcasts as well, where I've listened for a long, 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 long time. And then I felt guilty. I'm listening so much to these things. I just go boom and, 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 you know, send, send a, a big chunk of change over. I've done that a few times. Uh, Neil Miller, Augustine Garcia de Paredes, David Ria, and Brian Sager. Thank you all very much. Uh, you can go to martinpopoff.com for all your book needs. Uh, the big news, uh, right now, three days ago, I just received the, uh, Hawkwind, a visual biography. It's gorgeous. A lot of pictures in there that haven't been in anything, uh, Before, And uh, of course, you get lots of uh, examples of uh, tragic Barney Bubbles. Uh, He committed suicide. If you recall, Barney Bubbles is the graphic designer who did a lot of that early Hawkwind stuff, went on to do a lot of punk and new wave, the damned Elvis Costello, Ian Jury. So you get a lot of Barney in there. You get a lot of live things and you get that great, um, you know, because it's so complicated Hawkwind's history. Uh, The timeline in this one is particularly valuable just to break down everything, all the confusion of all the lineups and the reissues and the issues of all of these Hawkwind albums. So if you're at all a fan or or if you're all intrigued and want to learn a little bit more about Hawkwind, um, yeah, Hawkwind Visual Biography at MartinPopoff.com. I still have about... Uh, what do I have? I, I think it's actually two boxes left of the Nazareth, so the Nazareth is still in good supply. And um I've still got the heap. I've got about a box of yes, I've got the Lizzie. Wow, a lot of a lot of these things. Um and as as you know, announced for early next year, we've got the priest one and the UFO one uh coming as well. And the Max Webster came back in print and the Flaming Telepaths came back in print, and they're both still selling rather well. Um it's it's pretty cool to see people taking that weird weird trip with me on the flaming telepaths book uh there you go um let us know what you think in the uh facebook page uh, on this whole metallica versus megadeth uh situation i know it's been a feud and a legend and a debate that people have had for years and years and years but i thought I'd, i'd really like to take a look at it as of 1990 and that's what we've done talk to you later